Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Bonafide Moto Show. I'm your host, Joe Fleming, also known as So Tall Right Now. Um, for those who have joined us on episodes in the past, um, I've always been wearing my helmet. Um, I think it's been a lot of fun to wear the helmet. Um, to kind of make it feel like we're hanging out with everyone um, on motorcycles as we would normally. Um, but the reality is that um, the helmet becomes quite uncomfortable after a while and does become a bit uh, tough to hear. So um, no longer with the helmets. Um, I really enjoyed it, but um, I think it'll make much easier for my voice and for hearing everyone. So tonight, um, sorry, my dogs are just going nuts. I think the cats are fighting. Um, and I don't know if you could hear uh, before I started the show, but there's Vuvuzelas in the background. So at like seven o'clock every night here in my neighborhood, um, everyone gets their Vuvuzelas and yells out loud and it's for the healthcare workers. So it's, it's quite cool. Um, so tonight's guest, I'm really excited about. Um, his name is Niels Peter Jensen. Um, he's from Germany, I believe. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, he's a uh, ex-professional mountain bike racer. He's a flat track racer, TV show host. And um, what I am most excited about tonight uh, to talk to him about is uh, something that he's been doing in India for the past, I think, 18 months. Um, through his organization or company called Helmets for India. Um, there are a lot of people that ride motorcycles there. Um, when I was there, I was blown away at how many people are on bikes. And there are a lot of people without helmets, um, which is the, the way people ride there and how crazy it is. It, it was amazing um, for me to, to see that many people without helmets. So um, I think it's really cool what he's doing. Um, uh, I'm looking for, I didn't, I phoned him the other day. I didn't ask him too much about helmets for India so that we could save it for the show and, um, let you guys hear about it. And I can ask some questions and actually find out more. So, um, that's tonight, Friday night. We have a special treat for you guys. Um, we have Andy Lunn, who's based in Cape Town. He's going to, I'm going to chat to him for a bit and then he's going to do a live show for us. So, um, a nice little Friday night. I'll set up the campfire again and, um, that should be quite a treat. So without further ado, Niels, I'm going to add you to the call now. Where are you? There you are coming through. Oh, yeah. And ask questions. There's a question button down here. Ah, <laughs> Niels. There we go. Hey, what's up? How's it? How are you? Uh, good, good. A little bit nervous, to be honest. I really like, <laughs> what's the soundtrack? Is that from Dallas or Denver? Class? Yes. Yes. Have you, have you seen Dallas before? My mom. I did. Yeah. I didn't understand. I was too young to understand, you know, all the drama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've actually never watched it. Um, I know the, the soundtrack quite well. And, and when we were kind of like coming up with the show, we wanted it to be kind of like an 80s theme type thing. So um, Alan, my business partner, was like, dude, why don't we go with Dallas? I can't remember <laughs> what the other one was. Um, I, 
I think it was like Smokey and the Bandits or something, um, which was cool. But I think the Dallas soundtrack is uh, quite fitting. And it's, it's very old. I think maybe one day when I'm bored, I'll watch the show just to see what I've missed out on during the 80s. I don't think we missed out too much, but we would check yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like um, um, I used to watch MacGyver as a kid and um, watch it all the time. I think it was like three years ago. I tried to watch an episode of it. I think it lasted 10 minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Same this with Night terrible. Rider. You remember Night Rider? They yes. Oh, yeah. That was my show. And in okay. 2008, uh, I had the original Night Rider. Well, they had many Night Riders, but I had yeah. one of the eight or 10 who were left. And I did the gumball with David Hasselhoff uh, across California. Then no went way. to North Korea. And then we rode to North Korea, went to 60s and Percy of North Korea, and then we went 5,000 miles across China. Wow. And well, after I that, I changed my mind about uh, Knight Rider. The car couldn't do anything. It was all plastic, piece of shit, didn't run. <laughs> so so it was perfect for the gumball. Uh, what's that? It was perfect for the gumball then. Not really. We didn't finish the race. We had to oh, no. take the taxi for the past, uh, for the last, I think, five days, just sitting in a taxi oh, no. and driving with the Chinese guy who thought he's part of the race. So he was okay. racing, and me and my friend were just sitting in the back. We're like, slow down, slow down. You're not a racer. You're not part of the gumball. So, yeah, you can take your time. It's okay. No, nah, it's all right. Yeah, that, that's. Um... That reminds me, I was in Peru like three years ago and we, we had missed a flight. We missed two flights due to weather. And the only way for us to get to the connecting airport was in a seven hour taxi drive through the Andes Mountains. And the, I think there was four of us in the car. Luckily, I got shotgun. I'm two meters tall, so I got shotgun. Um, but that drive was nuts. I mean... It, it was insane. Going up mountains, the guy was passing people. Woo! Uh, <laughs> That's why the way people drive. You know? Yeah. There's no shotgun, yeah. really. It's just us holding the handlebar and going yeah. down the road. Really yeah. I, I always wonder what, what it's like to ride pillion. Um, I, I, I mean, I've, I've never ridden pillion, um, but uh, I love having my own control of a vehicle um and with a bike that's that's the way to go um so for those who pillion i don't know i think they enjoy it um it's different but uh i'd rather have control of the bike me too yeah and um and neil's what what i found so um fascinating at first when i chatted to you the other day was that you're uh you're an old not an old you're an ex uh, <laughs> I'm you're old. An, I'm old. Yeah. Um, you're an ex-professional mountain bike racer, which um, I loved that sport. But you did it for quite a long time. Um, I started when I was 18 and a half. I didn't okay. have a sponsorship back then. Well, I started riding BMX bikes before that. Then I moved to America to be a professional BMXer. But when I was in America, I kind of like... Fell in love with the Grateful Dead, oh, nice. smoking okay. weed, you know, yes. 
dancing in the forest. So I was <laughs> in like, kind of like a hippie family in San Francisco. So I kind of like didn't do sport till I was 18. Then I came back to Germany and then I started riding BMX again, but it was not on yeah. the same level like in America. So like there were small races, not really. Yeah. It's, it was just like a hobby uh, for people. And then I heard about a motorcycle, uh, mountain bike event, and I wanted to compete there, but they said, no, we don't know you, your name, you have no points in the World Championship League. Uh, uh, right. So um, I said, I'm going to go there. It was the World Championships. So I trained my ass off for six months, went to the race, and one guy got hurt, Nicolas Bouillon from France. And then they said, okay, are you the guy who kept asking us about uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's me, can I please race? And I said, okay, you can race, but not, um, you're not going to be timed. And then I did pretty well in the practice run. So they said, okay, you want to join the World Championships? And I said, if it's possible. And yeah. then I got second place. So I turned more or less from one day to the other professional, moved to Switzerland. And I was professional racer from 19 till late 20s. Wow. 27, 28. And then I s stopped racing. And then I did this free riding, jumping down yeah. cliffs, doing backflips yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And I quit exactly nine years ago. Wow. Okay. And, and, uh, and out of all those, um, out of all the races you did through the, the 20 years of cycling, where was sort of the most beautiful trail um, that, you, that, that you raced on? Where was that? South Africa was cool, World Championships. Really? World Cup. Wow. Uh, but most beautiful place, oh, hard to say. I, we traveled all year. So I was basically traveling from April to late October. And we were every weekend in a different country, different place, oh. different. So Japan was cool. Hawaii was cool. I don't know. Like, yeah. Honestly, the best place, Japan was pretty amazing. I've heard such good things about Japan. I, I, I've never been, um, but I hear that place is incredible. You need, I lived there for like half a year and okay. uh, I escaped from Japan. I just escaped, I couldn't handle it anymore. Um, I was back a year ago and then I also did a road trip from uh, Katori Beach to Tokyo City okay. uh, on 50 cc mopeds because we had no license. But <laughs> the, uh, you say it's very difficult the the culture. You know, the like you ask for something and uh, for help, and right. if they don't understand what you're asking, they they don't say sorry. I don't understand. Um, they say. They don't say anything. They just pretend they're, like, they're checking something in the computer. And then you okay. wait for like half an hour and said, okay, what's the room number of my friends? You remember the guy I checked in yesterday? And they're like, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So um, they're afraid to lose their face, you know? So um, this happened so many times. And that was kind of oh. weird. Because you never really know. That was my impression living there for six months. You never really know what they think, what they, yeah. if they really like it, or if they just say they like it because they want to, you know, want to be nice to you, but don't really okay. like what you do, you know, like, it was hard to say, I don't know, you know, they, 
it was difficult. Let's call it difficult. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds that way. It sounds that way. And it, it, to me, um, that, that to me sounds like a confusing culture. I, I like when people are sort of like upfront, um, like honest with you, um, able to help out or just say, look, sorry, man, I can't. Um, but um, okay, N noted for yeah. future trips there. Go. Beautiful country, amazing culture, and uh, a lot of things to explore. Yeah. So um, how, how did your transition from mountain biking move into motorcycling? When did, when did you sort of, after, after mountain biking, when did you get into motorcycling? I rode motorcycles all my life, like dirt bikes. Okay. And yeah. uh, I did ride a lot of bikes on, on roads till one day I had an accident. Okay. And uh, I was lucky that the guy I got into an accident with a car that he said, um, after he found out, I was crying like a little baby and told him I don't have a license. So he said, okay, my car's fine. Your motorcycle looks shit. So push your bike over there and just call your dad and uh, you should never do that again. <laughs> so I, I, after that crash, I got my license in 2009. So okay. not long ago. And um, the reason how I got into, like, let's call it being a professional motorcyclist, um, I started to build motorcycles. They look like Harleys, like, or like, like choppers, but they only have 50 cc. And, okay. Uh, we call it cheesy rider. So for people who don't have a classic motorcycle license, right? And this brand, Liberta Motorcycles, got pretty fast, pretty known in in Germany, and we sold quite a few bikes. And uh, but then I was asking for more horsepower, bigger engines. So mm -hmm. I stepped out of the company uh, in 2013. And then I just start doing road trips on big bikes and just, yeah, just traveled um, to America, Japan, Scandinavia, France, Spain, whatever. Just wow. all the events. And then just start building motorcycles. And all of a sudden, companies called me and said, hey, would you like to build a bike for us? And would you like to do this? And I was like, fuck, yeah. If you, you even give me, like, some support and give me gas money, yeah. Yeah, I do that. So I, since 10 years, I'm basically living for motorcycles. Amazing, and your and your current uh, the current bikes that you you have at home. It's uh, it Triumph Bonneville from nineteen sixty nine. Uh, that's wow. my and that's the bike I rode when I was seventeen and lived in San Francisco. And uh, two years ago, almost two years ago, I, I was at the Moto One show in uh, Portland. Okay. And then we did a road trip from Portland to LA on motorcycles. And then I would visit my old host family, my guest family. And I would ask Mike, my father, um, where's the Triumph? And he said, I don't know, it should be somewhere in the garden. And then I looked at the bike, I'm like, geez, that was like the most polished bike I've ever seen in my life when I was 17. And then I saw just like uh, a rusty piece of rust. Right. Not too bad, but it was like compared to back in the days, it was like a piece of shit. And then I said, yeah. sell it. And he said, no, I would never sell it. So I was like, all right, whenever you sell it, give me a call. And he called me four yeah. months later and he made me really, really good price. It was like almost nothing, but he said, you pick it up. So I had a shipping company who picked it up. 
brought it to Hamburg and I've been restoring it for the past one and a half years now. It's wow. going to be done hopefully in four to five weeks, just the engine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's one bike and then I have a few other bikes, like my flat track bike, uh, all my kids and me, we have dirt bikes, uh, 125cc. Then I have an old chopper. I have an old YZF 750 90s race bike. Um, what chopper? What chopper do you have? It's it's a three a Honda CB 360, but it is a rigid frame, skinny rear tire, nice. uh, rear wheel, so like a, a lane rabbit splitting. ear. Yes, yes. It's I yes. In California, when I lived there, they were they were all over the place there. And I love that sort of classic look, that lane splitter. Um, for me, I don't think it's, it, it, it's a good fit for me. Yeah. Um, but You're it too looks. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too tall for it. That's why, that's why I go with the 18 inch apes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's much better. But the, the lane splitters looked so comfortable um, and so chilled. Like I did a. Actually, I have a shirt. Oh, no. The El Diablo run. Oh, nice. Um, nice. It was, I think it was in 2012. It was just before I moved to South Africa. And on that run, there were some beautiful bikes. Old shovel heads, knuckle heads. Um, and they were proper looking choppers. Guys that had done some really great work on them. And, it's, um, art. it's art. Like all the... Yeah. The tube, the, the way they, they connect the tubes, not just like welded, they yeah. put like gasset, gussets. And I just like it when it's like super simple, just like three wires. Yep. Simple drum brake. Just, I compare it to like classic Italian road bikes from back in the days, you know, like simple oh. fixed gear road bikes, you know, like. It's, yeah, it's, it's just simple. We, we've got a, a buddy of mine just recently bought um, a bike from one of our friends that he had built and. Um, I don't know what motor it is, but it's got a suicide shift, no front brakes, but that thing is clean. There's no okay. cables um, and it looks great. It looks, it, it's, it's one of, I've always said, it's the best looking Harley in South Africa. Even it takes it back to it. My bike takes a back seat to it. Um, but it's just so clean. Um, I've never ridden it. I'd be so curious to ride it and see how that feels to not have a front brake and to shift like that, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different different way to ride for sure. It's really, it's cruising. I have, I tried suicide shifting, but it's it's too sketchy when you're in traffic. Uh, and I do uh, have a front brake. I like to have a front brake, to be honest. Yeah. I, I did it without once with the school hub. Yeah. Fuck this, no way. No, it's, um, you know, now, nowadays, I, and I, I saw an interview from you the other day, like you, you've got four kids. Um, I think your days of um, sort of not being safe, sort of, um, are kind of behind you. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm at now is that <laughs> I've got a family at home. Um, I do like to um, push the boundaries. I like to go right up to that line and um, not try not to go too much past that um yeah you know and so having front brakes uh, i've got to have it i've got to yeah, have yeah. It. <clears throat> yeah but it's, it's hard sometimes not to push behind that comfortable zone you know um yeah. if you look at my kids my son cosmo he just got his cast off so he had already two no one operation he had or two times he broke his his arm 
My okay. smallest son, Nemo, he's six and he had already three times he broke his arm. Oh, so cool. this whole family is, is the, the boys are pretty much, in, even my daughter, like she skates. We have a little skate park at Pump Track. We have. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. And it's you, fun. You know, when you yeah. ride, it's like, you don't, I mean, I, I don't do the stuff I used to do, but still like sometimes I really like it when it's like, oh my God, that was close. You know, those moments <laughs> I... Yeah. I still like yeah. him too much. Yeah, I, ca I call them the, the, the oh shit moments. Yeah, yeah. When, like, when, like af when moments. afterwards your heart just starts beating and you're grateful that you made it through that part. And then after that, usually I just take a couple deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, I learned. I'm okay. I'm fine. We'll yeah. never do it again. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe in an hour I'll try it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and Niels, um, so you're a TV show host. What, what shows have you hosted? I saw you've done a few in the past. I saw a couple of clips on YouTube. Um, well, the, I didn't do it since I, I'm doing Helmets for India. Um, right. i tell you why. Um, but I did a show called Extreme. So one, it was eight shows about... Um, all sports I have never done in my life. So learning how to skydive or taking a skido across a river, a lake. So you have to go 100Ks and cross the water or going on a skateboard, dirt longboard uh, down 1200 meters down to earth. It was like an old uh, cave or something. So we did like a downhill on a longboard down the, the earth. Um, like crazy shit um, we did in that show, which I always wanted to do, but I never had the money to do it. For example, like I tried to break my own personal speed record on a mountain bike, which I did in Mammoth Mountain in the 90s. Ooh, that was no mammoth. Downhill 136Ks on a mountain bike. And I wanted to break it, but uh, we don't have mountains in Hamburg. So I called a guy from Holland who's like the world champion in remote controlled jet planes. So we installed a jet jet engine to my okay. bike and this old guy he like when we came up to the sh to the location it was a nascar track in holland and i said okay where's the throttle and he said it's here so he showed me his remote control I'm like no no where's my throttle he said well i i'm throttle i throttle oh, yeah. okay. so we had to make so we had to make uh so like every time i put my head up uh, he had to slow down the jet and it doesn't really slow us down, you know, it's just like, yeah. I had to break, but if you go 160 Ks and he's still hitting the jet engine, right. full throttle, it's not gonna make anything with my brakes. So, and then if I duck down, then he goes faster. And we, we didn't manage to break it because the, it was a NASCAR track, so it was just in circle. And I had right. regular left tires. It was sketchy. So I did, I think 131 or 132. It was very okay. close, but not, didn't break yeah. it. That was pretty cool. And then we did extreme jobs. So it's like uh, being a fisherman for a day, being a, a guy who picks up the trash in the city for a day. And the other one was extreme living. And that brought me to India. And uh, yeah. one show in Mumbai was um, to live for a week or for five days in the slums. Wow. And, uh, and being a tuk-tuk driver. And... Uh, <laughs> that basically, it was, it was, 
he wouldn't let me drive, drive the tuk-tuk. He was like, no, too dangerous, too dangerous. You're from Europe. I was like, no, let me, let me drive it. So <laughs> yeah. I was basically just a shotgun guy who delivered stuff to the, to the, from one village to the other village. But this is, um, I didn't want it to go to India. And I uh, said, no, it's it's crazy place. I heard so much in the media about it. And I was not really yep. stoked, like looking forward to go there, to be honest. But I think it was the, the second night when we had dinner, the whole camera team and me, me and we said, this is like the coolest place and the nicest country and the nicest people we ever, yeah. ever seen in our lives. And I really, from that moment, I fell straight in love with this country. And then I saw a motorcycle accident, a little kid got involved, and the kid was not wearing a helmet. I didn't know exactly what happened with the kid because you don't go and say, is, is it dead? But it, it's pretty awful. Yeah. And um, then I just said, why this kid didn't wear a helmet? I mean, it's so simple. Like in Germany, everybody wears yeah. a helmet, and this kid would have just get up and would shake off his dirt, you know, and say, okay, dad, I'm fine. Let's, let's continue. Mm. But um, that kid didn't stand up. So I said that if that kid would have, would wear a helmet, it would be probably no problem. And then, you know, then you realize uh, nobody wears a helmet, you know, not, yeah. there's some people because there's a law that the guy who holds a handlebar needs to wear a helmet, but there's not really, it's not like here in Europe, you know, everybody wears yeah. a helmet, like wearing a seatbelt. And uh, then I was thinking about this accident the whole time and then when I, flew back, then we flew to Delhi, and from Delhi, we did a big trip to Tokyo, and then went to South Korea. And I was always thinking about India. And then mm. I said, okay, I, I want to do something. And if I do another road trip in my life, it needs to be here in India. And then I want to do something to change the situation. Like I was very naive. Yeah. And uh, I started it with a logo, first name, then logo. I went to Intermod in Cologne tried to find some media partners and they all said, why India? Who cares about India? I'm like, all right. So I went to Milan, to Eichma, and then I found a few magazines who said, okay, would we make a report about your, your story if you go across India? And then I found the first helmet brand who said, we help you to go over to India. And it was Arai. And then all of a sudden we got Nolan, and like all the cool brands who said, okay, we, we pay your expenses. And then I said, okay, I need to, to get awareness everywhere in the world. So what's the best? And I really like art. So I started contacting mm. people like D-Face. He's a very famous artist. And he said, yeah. hey, I paint a helmet, but you got to take me with you to India. So okay, <laughs> you really want nice to try. And then just started step by step. You know, we got more artists. And then I asked some other friends, would you like to come with me to India? And it was six months really hard work because nobody was really, everybody had to work, you know, to make money. And I just decided, okay, I'm not gonna go and do any more TV shows. I'm just gonna put my time into this project. And then we did the first trip, which was last year, April, May. And uh, I sent you the documentary. So I, I just felt more in love with this, with this country. Um, and um, all of a sudden, like, I mean, I sent all the, the, the pictures to different magazines and it's, it's hard work, you know, like some magazines say, yeah, it's fine. We give you one page. Other magazines say, we don't give you any page. We don't really care about, you know, we want more lifestyle and this and that. But all of a sudden, more and more people start talking about it. Um, but it was, it was a really tough job because 
you know, it's, um, it's something negative, you know, you know, if you talk about people dying, um, it's not like really cool. Like, you know, the motorcycle scene is a little bit more about lifestyle, you know, being cool, have cool yeah. bikes, you have uh, your buddies around, you do bonfire, you know, so this is a little bit negative, but that's why I always try to not just talk about wear a helmet or you will die. I always say helmets are cool, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, show your friends, you're part of this whole big motorcycle community. And mm. so I think we did, did a good job that we turned it into like a very, nah, it's, it's a, I call it adventure charity road trip. You know, we, we yes. on the road trip, we explore a cool country, meet people, yeah. you ride bikes, but on the way from A to B, we do something good. And yeah. now it really seems like that helmet training is really, really going, not through good. the roof, but we get a lot of attention. And, and, um, and how are you, like, India's massive. Um, my, my buddy that, that lived there, that was our fixer for the trip, I mean, he said you can spend years traveling, years and years traveling, and you'll never see it all. It's massive. So how did you figure out which areas you were going to go to? And would you go to schools? Like, where was your first point of contact to say, okay, we've got these helmets. Where are we going to take these to first? Who's, who's the most important? Um, I always wanted to go to Goa. So okay. I my destination will be Goa. I want to be at the beach and swim with the dolphin. That was like my dream picture mm. of, of Goa. And, yeah. uh, and then I, I, the first city I, I, I saw in India, or I was in India, was Mumbai. So I kind of like, this was like the place where I fell in love with. So I said, okay, I'm going to start in Mumbai. And I need to find a cool road trip, a cool route from Mumbai to Goa. And then I got in contact. I just Googled um, in India. Uh, motorcycle art shows custom shows and that's not really like it's just growing like the custom scene but I yeah, yeah. one girl popped up and her name was Malika Prakash and okay. she did in 2017 a moto art show very small show um, but she involved like all the, the artists from India who are into motorcycling uh, dancers musicians so it was a really cool kind of like hippie flair um, mm. art motorcycle festival and I just wrote him a message on Instagram said hey Malika I'm planning this and this and that and she said hey I'm on board I help you cool so she organized the first helmet art show in Mumbai and um, then she introduced me to another guy in India and um, all of a sudden we 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 met people I never met before just on the internet yeah. and um, yeah, I, then I organized the whole road trip, the, booked all the hotels. Looking back now, you know, you don't have to book hotels in India. You know, I booked all no. the hotels and we're no, you don't. to those places. <laughs> Last trip, I just said, we just ride. And when we find a cool place yeah. to stay, we just stay there, you know. That's, yeah, but um, basically now I have a pre, and I, I, I really, I, I can call them friends. So I have people in India who help yeah. me now. Um, there's one guy, uh, Doc. He helps me a lot. He's from Pune. Then there's uh, Speedy. He's like the speed, the, the wheelie king of India. Oh, cool. Bharat. And uh, so for the next trip, it will be a lot easier because now I have a few friends in India who really help me and give me the right direction where to go and where to do this and that. And Malika, she helped me to organize the helmet donations. So we went to high school first. And then we did one with the helmet shop in Pune. 
Okay. And then we did one on accident with the police in Goa. Okay. What, um, what do you mean by on, on accident? Well, um, on accident, um, if you, like bringing helmets from Europe into India is illegal. And okay. uh, in India, it's only allowed to wear helmets which are under one kilogram and which are produced in India. So you have in mm. India different laws, uh, different certification for helmets. Okay. And they say that um, all the helmets that we wear, the proper good quality helmets, that they're dangerous. It's pretty simple because it's like the biggest country, you know, okay. there are so many people riding motorcycles. It's the biggest helmet motorcycle market on this planet, you know, so yeah. there, there are a few big motorcycle helmet brands, I guess, who, you know, would like to take care of the, the clients, you know, mm -hmm. the potential customers. Yeah. Um, but then in, in Goa, I saw that police officer pulled over um, families on motorcycles. And then I talked to one girl from India and she asked, okay, what's going on with the police over there? Yeah, they're giving us a fine because we don't wear helmets and we don't have money. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to the police station and just ask if we can, instead of giving tickets away, if we could give helmets away together. So I was there for like six hours on the police station because I don't know if they didn't understand what I want or if they wanted something from me. But at the end of the day, after six hours sitting there in this sweating in a small office, police office, they said, okay, we can do the, do the helmet auction. So then they brought us to the streets. We set up like a helmet, the helmets, uh, and the police officer pulled all the, the guys and girls on motorcycle with no helmet. And then oh. they gave them the ticket and we ripped the ticket basically. And then we gave them- Oh, so cool. Never again, you have to pay a fine. And uh, wow. and then just on like on the road, we went to a temple because uh, every lunch break in that temple, hundreds of families go there with their scooters. So we just parked our bikes in front of the, the temple and just handed out helmets to the families. And so oh, cool. So Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like, and, and, and I think you, you said it earlier is that going to India with a plan. I think it's good to have sort of a broad plan, how many days you're going to stay and kind of a, a general route you want to go because it's so easy to make a plan there. It really is. So what I was so curious about earlier was like, how did you contact people there in India to uh, distribute the helmets? But it's so easy. And, and I love that idea of... Um, of a, uh, like a checkpoint or let, let the cop pull people over and instead of a ticket you get a helmet and it is so easy to go around india find places easy easily see someone not riding a helmet and say here you go i mean that's it, I, I don't know and how many helmets did you guys bring in the first time because it seems like it was goal, really quick the goal was um to get 1000 helmets the, the the, the main idea in the beginning was that I collect helmets from you. I, I have probably like 20 helmets in my workshop I don't wear and they're still in good shape. Right. But it's, it's illegal to bring in used helmets. So mm. I, um, I asked all the partners like who helped me to do this road trip. So Nolan gave us 50 helmets, Arai gave us 50 helmets, Hedden gave us 50 helmets, uh, Next gave us 50 helmets. So 
they gave us in total at the end with um, um, they gave more some we have like 60 the other 80s and then we bought some in India and then Gulf Oil you know the oil company they heard about our charity project and they gave us 200 kids helmets so in wow. total we had around about 500 helmets which is Jeez. nothing if you compare it to the to the size of the country but yeah. managing 500 helmets to ship them from Europe to India, which is illegal, was pretty, uh, pretty catchy. And have you, since, since then, have you found a way to, have you found partners in, within India that are going to make that, um, that are making that logistic, that logistical nightmare, are they making it easier for you? And like to see what you're actually doing, you're not selling them, you're giving them to people so that they can, they can live. You're, you're yeah. saving lives, essentially. Has that gotten easier since the last trip? Um, since, uh, like, I last all season last year, we did this helmet art show. So I traveled to all the big motorcycle events across Europe. So this mm. project got so much attention now, and it was in many medias. I was um, two times on the front page of Times of India, and uh, okay. one was amazing, it says, in German, written, Danke, means thank you, Danke, yeah. Germany. And then it was something about, does it has to take cool. a German rider, motorcycle rider to, to take care of our problems? So this spread out everywhere, in India, and we had so many coverage in Europe, Germany, in England, in France, Spain. So now more and more people understand, like in the beginning, a lot of people said, Niels, why you waste your time? Why you waste your money for this? You will never yeah. make a change over in India. And I kept saying, even if we just save one life, everything is worth it, you know? Okay. And I yeah. do know from three people I gave a helmet, they had a very bad accident in the past one and a half years. And if you look at their helmets, they're completely beat up. If they wouldn't wear those helmets, they would be dead for sure. Or had like a head, heavy head injury. And um, so now companies do contact me. It's still hard because for the past exactly 12 months i pay everything out of my own pocket yeah um because i just got the the the, the road trip covered the flights the foods the hotels the gas right. we got bikes from royal enfield and uh which was amazing so now we're talking to a few brands who now say okay now we got it Niels. now we understand because it's a charity project but also we introduced the biggest motorcycle community country on this planet, you know? And mm. if you look at all these brands now, Triumph, Harley Davidson, BMW, all these brands, they want to go to India, to the biggest yeah. market. Yeah, they're bringing and, down uh, their bike size. So it's a, it's a little bit easier, but till you have the money on your account or until you have like mm. the support that you need until you, it's still, I think, a long way, especially now with this coronavirus. We, or as we, like me and the people who helped me in India, we were very close to deal a, a, a partnership. But mm. now of coronavirus, you know, yeah. everybody says, okay, we're going to pull the e-brake and yeah. see what's going on. So um, I will not stop. You know, my goal is we have, we have already round about 1,000 helmets, so okay. it's more than last time. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's like the, 
I was supposed to be in India right now. So like the yeah. date was the 19th, leaving Goa the 19th, and then go from Goa to Kanyakumari. Um, but now we cancel it. We're going to try to do it in November. Okay. So I'm positive, you know, till November, I find people, companies who will yeah. hopefully support us. Yeah, and I, and I guess given that, that longer time, it, it, it would essentially add more helmets to what's going to be delivered to India and hopefully kind of sort out some logistics and hopefully with like customs, they can make it easier for you guys. Oh, we um, have that. Like, this is cool because um, in the beginning, I wouldn't say I was not a welcome guest, a guest in mm. India from, from the government side. But now I got, um, I, I don't know how you call it. I got a piece of paper and it says, uh, Government of India, uh, thank you, Mr. Peter Jensen, for your charity support and all. So I, gave, I got like a key to the city. A what? Like a key to the city. <laughs> Not the key yet, but hopefully one yeah. day for Goa okay. can live there. Yeah. No, but um, the government supports me now. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a, a, yeah, they, they, yeah. Help me, they support me. And uh, then it's not just about turning or handing out helmets. Um, it's we go to school, we in a nice way, we educate the kids about how cool helmets are. We okay. on the road trip, we told kids about our past being a motorcycle uh, racer like Francesca Caspari or me like a, mo a mountain bike uh, rider. So we, we go to kids and educate them in a cool way and tell them, okay, helmets are cool, you know, they could be like this or yeah. they could be like that helmet. And then also we are, um, we are having those 28 helmets from different artists. So mm -hmm. the plan was to auction them in February, but of Corona, it was impossible. So now we're going to do an auction at the end of the year in Los Angeles. And with that money, we're going to invest the money into road safety programs in India. And we okay. choose one hospital where they take care of kids who suffered a motorcycle accident. So it's not just giving the helmets, it's about educating people, showing right. people what helmets are, and uh, yeah, trying to raise money. And how was the, how was the response with the, from the kids? Like, how did they take it when, when you give them a helmet and you teach them about safety? What, what were their reactions like? We had to keep our tears back, you know, because um, most of the people we met on the streets or in the villages mm. or on our trip, they don't really have much, the kids. And uh, that was basically for most of the kids, it was like the first item they own. It's their little oh, thing. Wow. Yeah. And you know how the feeling is when I got my first helmet when I was six, um, it was like a Easy Rider, Stars and Stripe ski helmet. Mm. I put it on and I left it on till I, my head was too big, you know? I was so proud of my helmet. I did my, I wrote my go-kart, I wrote my bicycles, skis, my everything with it. And yeah. I felt the same with, with the kids. And what we did and what DeFace did, we decorated the helmets. We put stickers with them together on the helmet. We put oh, good. stuff on good. the helmet. And uh, I still, I, I, on the website, you see a few things. Um, we still have contact to not most of the parents, but a lot of parents, we gave the helmets because in India, no matter where you're from, everybody has a cell phone and they're really into Instagram. Yeah. So, um, and we still have contact to the high school where we did the, we gave 50 kids from the slums, we gave helmets. So we invited them to the high school and uh, 
they still wear the helmets and the parents once in a while I get picture sends that the kids still wear the helmet or ask can we have a new helmet because it's too small now yeah wow that's um it's special and and I, and I I think for them to finally own something that is theirs that they may not have ever had the money for it's special um I'm sure they've I, like I feel like they've put it somewhere in the house that they can always look at it see it um it's that's that's a special thing and that's that's a that's a moment and that's a feeling that you you can't express and you you can't really explain that no it's, it's, um, you have to i mean you went to india so you know the people in india they're so they, they like to give even if they don't have uh, um they welcome you they they invite you to their house you know it's a very warm <laughs> and welcome country you know i've, I've never experienced um such an inviting culture ever before yeah, and, and you know we we chatted the other day about um you know here in south africa things are a bit different you're you're kind of um uh, defensive sort of you're, you're just always you're always aware yeah and it took me a few days to let that guard down when i was in india and you know we we shared the story the other night about that it was the second night of the trip when i was like i was about to lose it i was i was scared i was like what we're we're going to really stay here no way and the guys came out they're like dude it's it's great um we've got a good spot upstairs and i walked in and from that moment on for the rest of the trip like it just it, it like opened something up inside me and i was just it was easy to walk to places um i didn't feel nervous and and everyone there they they will give you food they will give you a smile always oh you get so many smiles oh, yeah yeah they, they love it it's it's um you know you, you mentioned that everyone there has a phone and they have instagram and we had two two or three people that i met that helped us out at some point and i would always take their photograph and i would yeah. ask them like are you on Instagram uh, cuz I I want to share this photo so that you can have this photo and keep it and they're like yep I do and, and they, I great. I keep in touch with those people and they one guy I think he made it his profile picture and like it was great um but like they just helped out so much and they don't they don't ask you anything for it it's just they enjoy it they yeah. just love it I, I love India I I mean for me before I already uh said okay this is like a country i want to explore as much as possible sure. <laughs> but after this experience with helmets for india this road trip i went back uh, last december and stayed there for three weeks um that's my that's my my project you know um mm -hmm. i did so much other stuff in the past and you know competing and winning big races mm -hmm. all that just disappears you know honestly it was a great memory but this mm -hmm. project for me is like i think Sounds a little bit romantic, but I think I did the TV show just to go two years later to India, where I didn't want it to go, and yeah. um, just to go there and start this Hamilton India project. And uh, yeah, maybe it sounds too romantic, but for me, I, my family they they said a few times like, okay, now we got to be careful because you're spending all our money. We don't even have money, and you know now in this corona period thing is like really tricky at the moment yeah. but for me this is going to be my lifetime project and i am 
when I talk to Royal Enfield, I've been talking to them quite a lot, and they they are they want to support me and help me. And uh, they said, no, you did make a change already in India. You know, you woke up a few people, and all of a sudden, like people talk about helmets are cool. They don't talk about helmets save lives. They do if you wear. They can save your life. But yeah. I think it's more important that people are proud to wear a helmet. You know, especially the young generations. You know. Yeah. It's cool. They feel cool to like carry a helmet, and people see you have a helmet, so they know you ride a motorcycle. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a badge that um, you can it, carry. Exactly. Exactly. And when you wear a helmet and you walk down the street in India, and they wear a helmet, you know we're we're one community. You know, it's like you said, it's like mm -hmm. a badge. Like, hey, what's up? You know, they all say, yeah. what's up, bro, what's up, bro? It's like, I think it, the helmet really connects. You know, with. Like, let's call it the motorcycle family. I really, yeah, really. there was a guy. Um, I was gonna pull up his picture, but I'll, I'll leave it. But one of the guys that helped us, he, he, I, I remember um, Isidoro's bike broke down, or it, it, it wasn't started, and we looked over at this guy who was passing us, and he looked, and then he looked again, and then Zubin, our fixer, kind of like gave him the nod, and he <laughs> turned around. Yeah. And he helped us for like 30 minutes on the side of the road, said, I know a place you can take the bike. He led us there. He waited for us at the place for like 45 minutes. And when I was speaking to him, he said, uh, he's like, it's biker code. Like we help our brothers out. Brothers and sisters. It's yeah. so cool. Like, yeah, they, they really did. For me, like I said, um, for me, I call it already in so many interviews, I call it my second home because I do feel like there's some connection. Yeah. There is a connection. I, I completely know there is, but I think there's a little bit more. But in the soul. all the friends I made in India, it's not like uh, we met and say, hey, we're friends now. It's like really it, in the past 18 months, it grew. You know, we've been going through mm -hmm. shitty times and good times. And I spent, we have to, like I spent at least, three to four hours on Instagram, just answering people from India. And there's so many, so many connections existing. And now we're planning to make like a, a clothing line, but I'm going to make it in India with Indian oh, artists cool. and uh, try to, you know, distribute them here in Europe because I want to introduce India as a, as a upcoming motorcycle community because there's so many talented uh, customizers that nobody yes. knows, nobody talks about. They're, yeah airbrush are like people who paint helmets um like you asked before this the helmet we oh yes ah uh, i was wondering <laughs> if you sold that helmet and i was like no, there's no way he's gonna sell that helmet he's gonna no, keep no, that. They're, all, they're still here this is from an indian okay. artist this are you gonna the... sell that one and this one are you um, selling the one with that's the with in the, so tell us about the about the helmet well we're gonna, we're gonna auction these helmets all these helmets they are safe in my workshop and um this is one guy um, malika she introduced me to to ganesh ganesh um, he is all he's like one of my close friends um one of the nicest guys you can imagine and you saw the documentary all the other guys mm. have to wait a little bit um it will come out soon. He had this nasty crash in the documentary. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I saw that. That was hectic. And the day before we left, I gave him a new helmet because his other helmet was not in a good shape. So that Nolan helmet did save him. So anyway, um, he said, bring me, he was part of the helmet uh, artist team. So we're 28 artists. 
And uh, he painted one helmet. It was his private helmet. And uh, then I brought him a new helmet. That was the helmet he was wearing during the trip. And then he said, do you have another helmet I can paint? And I said, what do you mean paint? Yeah, during the road trip. And I said, where you want to paint the helmet during the road trip? Because always a brush, you know, like if you look at it. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's so we started and where is it? Um, oh, yeah, we start. So Mumbai is basically here. This is the okay. second night we stayed at this lake at Doc's place in close to Pune. So every morning when we were sleeping, like around about four o'clock, he woke up and started painting and it needed half an hour to dry. So then he put it in the oh, back cool. of his bike. And then that was another place where we stayed. Oh. And that's a place where we stayed at night. And exactly, right. So here are the, the fisher boats. And wow. down the beach here was our camping spot. So he was going to the fisher uh, boats and there was light. So he painted this at night while we were having dinner and sleeping at the beach. And uh, so, and at the very last day, he came up to me and I didn't see the helmet. He never showed us the helmet. Mm. So at the last night before we went back home to Germany, England, Spain, France, um, he gave us a helmet. So, and this helmet will be, so it's all handmade. We made it, put stickers on there. We did this in India and it's still on there. And this wow. went to Austria, America, Biarritz, two times to London. So we're going to auction the helmets and then the money will go to a road safety um, organization in India. Jeez. I, I hope someone, I hope someone buys that helmet, auction, gets, gets the highest bid and they give it back to you. Um, but not to me, it's just, I don't know. But I think it's so cool, like, that, like, you can never, I think that's one of the most beautiful ways to, um, to document a trip or to, to like remember it. Other than like photos are cool, but yeah. painting like that each day, um, that's, that's very, very this, special. It's like, it is a, a diary, like the daily ride yeah. in India. And oh. it's amazing. But we have so many, like this helmet is from Ironic. I don't know if you can see it. Yes, I saw this. That one looks crazy, like Mad Max. That was, I mean, this, this, the craziest part was to send all these helmets around the world to the artists. So I had to take mm -hmm. care of, it doesn't sound much, but if you have 28 different artists, they're from Russia, Croatia, yeah. Canada, they were from everywhere. And so the brands is sent it to my home address, the helmets. I unpacked them and then sent each helmet to each artist around the globe. They painted wow. the helmets, and then I had to take care of the shipping from the artist back to my place. And then we sneaked in 16 helmets um, in our hand luggage and brought them over to India. And then we displayed them at our first helmet art show. So it was a tricky part. And mm. this one, I saw it the first time in India, and I would never thought about creating a helmet. It's art. I told him, like, do whatever you want. That's crazy. To, to show art on helmet. And if you see like the scar here oh. or this little- That's, that's, that's special. <laughs> I like that bandaid, like, look like leather. 
Wow. Just like he said, it's, it's all about speed. And if you don't wear a helmet and you hit, hit something, you will get hurt and yeah. your life will disappear. Wow. And like, oh my God, this is really... So Jeez. this helmet, I will I try to auction. I want to have this helmet. Cool. So, Niels, I, I, I could chat to you longer. We've got a minute and four seconds left before the live feed cuts off. Ah. So I think, <laughs> I think let's stop it there for tonight. Yeah, um, dude, it was. It, uh, I, I think I'm gonna phone you soon. We can chat more about India. Um, it was. It was so great to hear your love and passion for India, and uh, I, I can see people's comments on on here. They're super grateful for what you do. It really is amazing what you do for Helmets for India. Um, I wish you all the best. I hope you make it back to India in November safely with a lot more helmets and can save some more lives, dude. We will, but it's, it, that's what I'd say, unite and do good. It's all, it's all us, you know? Yeah. And next time you have to come with us, we talk about it. So let's, let's cool. make it possible, okay? I'm in, I'm in. All right. <laughs> Thanks for Cheers, watching, guys. everyone. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye. Take care. Bye.